0: Okay. Good morning here, everybody. I am here. This is Carolyn Kaler, and I'm here with Pam McIntyre this morning and Shelby Stewart. Uh, So Pam. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, Pam comes (laughs) from Strathclair, Manitoba. She is the owner of Nip Creek Ranch and they raise rope horses, uh, commercial cattle, border collies and as far as as ranch mamas go, this lady has got it down. She's a mom. Um, they they raise rope horses and they have been doing that for many, many moons. So they're um, very knowledgeable about horse breeding. She even has um, certified in the equine ultrasound, which is very cool. And she is the breeder manager. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. At Wolf Creek uh, Quarter Horses. So her fam, from what I understand, maybe you can, um, correct me on this, but, uh, your family has a few different ranches that you run separately, but also together with your breeding programs.
1: Yeah. So like our
0: main ranch
1: is river Hills ranch, which is my parents' place. And then we split off, uh, just to make our own ranches. Cause we all have separate yards and stuff. And, um, so my sister is Wolf Creek quarter horses and I'm Nip Creek ranch. So we kind of run all our herds together, but we have little separate things going on.
0: (laughs) Nice. So your main focus is the dogs and the horses from my understanding? Uh,
1: And the cattle,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I have uh, herd of my own uh, cow-calf. And then (laughs) uh, dad, he's got his own cow-calf and uh, he usually does uh, yearling grass cattle and stuff too.
0: Wow. Very impressive.
2: Hi, this is Shelby.
0: And Carolyn.
2: We are two Canadian prairie ladies raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life.
0: We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches. And we want to share the journey with you.
2: In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more.
0: We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey.
2: We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation.
0: So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots, let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome
2: to the Ride Like a Mother podcast.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into this your family did they start out as ranchers or um did you just come to love it and build your ranches from the ground up what
1: um my parents have always ranched and farmed um so dad always had a few quarter horse mares and they had two quarter horse stallions um when him and mom got married uh so they always had just a few horses kicking around. And then um, in 1991, or no, maybe 1990, we got into the PMU industry. Our quarter horses were separate from our PMU mares. We had draft mares in that. And uh, we raised a lot of draft horses and sport horses. And like I say, we always had a few quarter horses that were a little bit separate. So then when we got out of PMU, we just, we sold out all our draft horses and just kept our quarter horse band going. And uh, we kind of expanded on that. Um, So, like, as kids, we, a lot of our horses weren't home raised. Uh, Dad would buy stuff up out of the auction mart and stuff like that. And then they would be our project horses. Um, So when we finally got out of PMU, uh, we decided to focus more on our own horses and break our own horses in. Um, we had specifics because riding all that Auction Mart stuff, we always had interesting horses and was <laughs> problems. So uh, me and my sister were like, screw that. We want, uh, we want horses that are good under us, but um, good minded and aren't going to break down on the ranch because the ranch horses have to be something really special um Mm -hmm. a lot of people you hear them go oh just a ranch horse (laughs) no (laughs) ranch horses are (laughs) extremely special horses they they can't break down they got to have a lot of heart um and just be able to go the miles and stuff um so that's kind of the background of that but it's continued maybe in the last 15 years we decided hey we want to expand into the rope horse industry because we're roping on them anyhow and we really wanted to push into that. And so we put our horses in with some really capable rope horse trainers um, that were doing a good job in the industry and stuff like that. And uh, so started proving our horses, faturiting them and finishing them. And um, so then we said like the local trainers are good, but we want the best. So. Then we continued to the states and uh, we went to one of the world's best uh with bobby lewis and we've trained with him for four years we've had our horses out of our own ranch program as well as our stallion smoking and rocking and so we've had some of the industry's best ropers on our horses um proving them and so we've been very fortunate able to work with um pro ropers like joseph harrison and paul eaves and uh, we've worked really closely with uh, levi simpson so we're just getting our horses out there in the hands we want them in um just to show what they can do because at a local level you can only show them so far
2: so exciting especially when you're getting them into world champion hands right that is definitely the best of the best yeah, yeah, you're smoking and rocking stud. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about him because he is your main rope stud, right? So, what made you decide to go get him? What was, well, what intrigued you to him? Was <laughs> him, um,
1: we had been on the lookout for Outcross for our mares because our mareford is very ranch based. Um, We have roots of two-eyed jack in them and we have just a long line from our own horses in there of just good solid ranch horses. So to be really competitive in the performance rope horse industry, we needed to add a little bit to our ranch mares to uh, make them into more performance versatility. So we, sat there for three years we had this big long checklist to look for in a stallion and so mom and dad were going on holidays one day and um th- this was after the first world rope horse faturity and me and my sister were randomly watching the faturity all day we're doing laundry and books and whatever and funny enough we kept picking the same horses so it got down to who we wanted to deal with so we're like okay I like this horse where did it originate from who's the trainer and so we we made a list of these people and we set mom and dad up to go look at them um and mom and dad found a few really nice studs and they reported back to us and So we looked and, well, I don't like this. He didn't check off this box and didn't check off that box. (laughs) And uh, so then we sent them to Bobby Lewis's. And when I talked to Bobby, he's like, I don't know that we have what you're looking for and stuff. And so mom and dad had gone through the barn there and uh, found a couple really nice horses. They sent a picture of this black stud. I can't remember his name. And all of us just loved him. Bobby goes well I don't know that that one's for sale that's a client's horse <laughs> and so <laughs> so they're standing there talking about these horses and uh dad looked in the stall he goes well what's that one and Bobby goes well I, I don't know that that's one uh, you're looking for but I'll pull them out and dad goes yeah I think this is the one <laughs> and so so uh he sent us back some video and smoking and rocking was just nicely started healing just real lightly um so they came home and we took a couple weeks to decide it was a pretty big family decision um and we said yeah I think this is what's gonna cross really good on our mares to get what we need so we took um a year of just showing him we didn't breed with him that first year because we decided like this horse better be really good if we're gonna go in on him. If not, then he can be somebody else's or get gelded or whatever. So the first year of showing with him, we did exceptional. He got a superior healing, which is like a huge accomplishment uh, in Canada here. Wow. A lot of people don't know how big an accomplishment that is. It's 50 AQHA points in, uh, uh, in one event. Uh, so in his four-year-old year, that is just insane. Like, it's it's wow. really big.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so we did that. And so uh, Worlds, he did really, really good in that four-year-old year. Um, I can't rattle it off, off at the top of my head, but he made top 10 in all of his events. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Then um, in his five-year-old year rolling into that, um so be january of his five-year-old year year, he really started showing good in the heading um dual patron the world champion him and smoking rock and we're flipping at those horse shows who was first in heading so to us that's like a pretty huge accomplishment Um, no kidding wow that is so cool so then he went on and he won the holiday circuit at tulsa so um that was a big achievement And so we took him and we uh, collected frozen that first year and um, sent it home to ourselves so we could keep showing. Uh, He took the collecting and then going back to showing really good. Um, That was another experience for my sister and myself. We went down to Houston and got uh, certified in ultrasounding uh, and got a real brief on frozen semen. (laughs) So
0: so that first year was a little hairy uh breeding
1: because uh the ultrasound course, I think it was a three-day course we took in two days. And so we just crammed it all in and then flew home and said, okay, we're we're gonna ultrasound (laughs) all our mares and get going on uh getting these babies on the ground. So there was a lot of trial and error that first year, but we did pretty good. um, getting a bunch of mares bred surprised ourselves <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys just jumped right in that's so awesome
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, yeah. the reason we went with frozen is because we we're wanting to breed so many mares and shipping from the states isn't real handy and then yeah it's yeah it's a lot of running around so at least frozen we just had right there and it's frozen uh semen it uh freezed really well and it's really viable so it's um Good to work with.
0: Yeah. You have experience then breeding in all the different kinds of ways. Which oh, do yeah. you prefer? Um, um pasture breeding (laughs) yeah okay that's all I know so well we we tried we tried to do the um the other way but it didn't work for us so it's an expensive endeavor for no it is
1: and I think that's what people don't realize is how expensive and time consuming it is like Mm yeah people uh, breeding their mare for the first time and can't believe what the vet charges so i gotta explain to them why the vet's charging that much i'm like trust me
0: it's cheap (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that makes our foals worth so much more too when you get those great genetics um from a further distance but it it costs a bit like it costs quite a bit to make that all happen so then those foals are worth they're worth it, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Before they
0: even hit the ground, but as soon, like after they do as well.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) So as you were talking about your studs and your genetics and everything, it reminded me that when we first talked, um, you had told me that the stud that we had at our place came from your, from your ranch and we had him for a while. He was a little bit older when we got him. Um, And uh, I just wanted to say that you're, you're right. You breed for mindset because every foal that that stud had was just so super nice to deal with, like just level-headed and really willing and, uh, and yeah, and, and lots of grit. They had a lot of try. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, He was a nice stud. I I wish now that maybe we had some mares uh, still out of him um but we have bred him to a lot of our draft cross mares that stud in particular um but yeah oh, he's yeah. An
0: yeah he's a big 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 stud so that makes yeah. sense <laughs> get the job done <laughs> yeah yeah but that
2: sturdiness and heart and mind we also um my dad, Kelly, he's definitely into the more good mindset, right? Especially we want those all-around horses in our arena because we like yep. to do it all too. So you definitely need a good mindset and some and a horse that's going to be able to take all those different areas, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, when we, we were got lots it, to. <laughs> yeah, of the kids we used to ride a
1: lot of thoroughbred crosses and stuff to because we needed the endurance with all the ranch work we were doing and stuff. But, oh man, those, a lot of those horses did not have the mindset. So that's where it became important to us to breed that mindset in and um, just have better horses to work with. <laughs> like, And I'm not going to say all our quarter horses were good-minded back in the day because we went through a lot that had to move down the road. <laughs> <It's>, oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> um, We've all got dogs. We know what it's like.
1: <laughs> yeah they just they had to go down the road because they'd either have really good horses when they're broke but they'd be brooks and uh or just hard to deal with so we started culling our mares hard um and only working with the good ones and I'm not gonna say that was profitable for for raising horses because it's not you need as many babies as you can but But because we might have paid a lot for that mare, but I mean, if she just wasn't throwing the mindset in the babies, it's not worth it to have it in the program. And uh, like me and my sister started so many of our own colts, like the injuries we had and stuff. Uh, I just I look back at all the horses. I'm like, why did we mess with that one? (laughs) Like, because it was good looking, you know, (laughs) you could make some money on it. (laughs) but we're sure paying now at uh coming 40 and (laughs) yeah not worth it now i like riding the broke horses i don't even think we uh got to ride broke horses after a certain age we just kept starting colts and then we'd be selling them before they got broke and
0: said gotta relearn how to ride a broke horse (laughs) i said i ride mostly broke horses so then I get on one that's green and sometimes I forget I'm like oh yeah I gotta be careful here <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch what I'm doing I gotta pay attention <laughs> do you have say somebody wants to breed their mare or they maybe want to have a foal, or start raising a few foals on their place do you have any tips for them like to start out
1: well I mean with that you would have to- my first thing would say is, why why are you breeding? What's your biggest goal of breeding this mare? Some people might say, oh, I just want that colt so I can raise it and keep it because I love my mare so much. And I mean, there is a lot in the industry that do that. So um, that's okay. Then there's people that think, oh, I have three mares, so I want to breed them and I'm going to make a big chunk of money out of it. I wouldn't say you're going to totally do that you might you might not i'd um, it's pretty rare
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's such so, a complex thing
1: <laughs> yeah i i would think the most important thing is get maybe a reputable breeder's opinion on whether you should even breed those mares i've had people phone me wanting to breed their mare and so i'll i'll ask them i said what why do you want to breed her well, because they can't do anything else with her. She's just kind of a knothead and stuff. Well, <laughs> I won't breed your mare. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that Going back to the good to mindset. Go <laughs> yeah. Um, so like our, our biggest thing is we keep our best mares for our brood mares. So yeah. your brood mare needs to be, have special qualities, just like the stallion does. Um, they They have to be exceptional they have to be correct if you have a horse with legs going every which way you might have won a lot on her stuff but I still wouldn't think that should be the mare you would breed um but yeah it's uh it's one of those things uh just be educated I guess and be educated on the expenses of what is going to cost be prepared for that foal not to be this baby that you were expecting that's exceptional or whatever and even genetic wise as breeders we know what the grandparents looked like and great grandparents a lot of the horses have kickbacks and stuff like that or you might have a horse in your line that has just completely outsired himself every time or the next one might be a big champion and not Siring anything,
0: so I mean research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to look at what the mare and sire's offspring have done.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And if you have just your own mare that's never had any offspring, it's a little bit tough to to tell, right? What might happen yeah. when you cross with a certain stud, and you have to wait a full year before you could try again. So it's a bit of a yeah guessing game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. and that's one thing on our ranch. Um, A lot of our older mares haven't done any work. They just went straight into the broodmare band, but we kept a really consistent set of mares. Like people come drive through our broodmares and we're pretty proud of them because they go, wow, this is an outstanding set of broodmares that are very consistent Um, and they consistently produce. The crosses we make are very consistent. So we know what we're getting out of them. Um, So with Mbaroto, I started, or my friend Tracy started him, put 30 days on, then I just put him straight to work on the ranch. And so we got him broke and then Shane Brown, he took him for about a month and put um, rope training out of the box on him. And um, so then, so we just use him for everything. He's the horse that we pull out of the pasture from breeding the mares go rope a couple of cows and doctor and then put them back with the brood mares like um, nice so we i wouldn't say we totally proved him. we proved him as a ranch horse but we didn't take him and just like the fraternities weren't going yet and stuff like that otherwise we probably would have done that um with he's a zippy jack he got injured uh he had cut his um coronary band there as a two or three year old and it took a long time for that to heal so with both of them we've set out more proving their babies than we have them and so now everybody uh, is getting to know their babies and stuff but they've got some age on them um so with smoking and rocking we kind of did the opposite we proved him and so we're putting them on with the jack and uh, jj babies and um
0: so yeah hopefully it uh just keeps flowing so how old are his calf or calf crops <laughs> full full crops that like does he have some that are of rotting age or futurity age yet or not yet uh smoking
1: Rockin's first crop was 2020 so they're not there oh. yet yeah oh, i didn't yeah.
0: realize that yeah it, it, how yeah, old is so, he now <laughs> uh
1: he's uh 2014 so he's eight oh wow he's a young stud yet cool yeah yeah so so yeah it's uh it's a long waiting game when you're raising them like this um from your own stock Mm -hmm.
0: yeah for sure so say somebody came to you and they're looking um somebody's looking for a prospect do you have tips for what they should be doing who they should be talking to um And and what they should be looking for when they're buying a prospect, maybe the right questions to ask when they go to a breeder. Um, for me, if people
1: come to me for a prospect, I usually have the questions for them like, what are they looking (laughs) for, because I find when I let's say I have 20 colts in the pen. It's really overwhelming for people they come out there and they might completely pick the wrong colt for them so. I usually start asking the questions, what are you wanting to do? Like, let's eliminate some of these horses. So lots of times, like we mainly get people wanting um, rope horses. So I say, okay, which which end are we looking for? A head horse, heel horse or switch ender? Or are you gonna be ranching on them? Stuff like that. And we start the elimination process. I do sell a lot sight unseen. So the people give me their list. We go through them and then we come to a consensus which horse and we send out. And so far, knock on wood, everybody's been very happy with what I've sent. But th- some people are very specific. I want a Palomino with socks or um, I want something really fancy. Next person doesn't care. They, they're more concerned about structure and, being super correct something like that so so yeah it's a it's an elimination process and even it gets down to movement how do you like your horses moving do you like a big mover do you like them a little bit shorter moving so um yeah everybody has a personal preference and um you got to work with that or you might have somebody looking just for a young prospect as uh, as a play horse that they can make money on um so usually gotta see what's gonna be making them money and then um and profitable what's gonna be easy for them to work with
0: yeah for sure so come come with your goals in mind think about what you want ahead of time so that you can get the right horse for you yeah And, and going
1: to a reputable breeder is also a big deal like there are a lot of people in the industry breeding um but you got to find the reputable one so find people that have actually bought from that breeder see what their horses are doing in the industry see who's riding them like uh that's that's huge for me if i was looking for a prospect i wouldn't just want to be going to anybody in their backyard because um there are so many horses available and so many good ones available so so yeah see what they're doing go to the people that have uh, customers repeat customers or do they have repeat customers that's big
0: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure okay so we talked a lot about horse breeding but this is ride like a mother podcast um so I want to ask you a little bit about How you manage everything? You've got ranches, you've got dogs, you've got cattle, you've got horses, and you've got like a kid. Like, do you have like something that comes top of mind that helps you to navigate all of those different aspects of your business and your life? My mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're pretty. A support system. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're pretty lucky we all live down the road from each other so we uh we have a lot of swapping um in amongst each other hey can you take the kids today and can you take them tomorrow type thing um but like there are days where I have uh Dace comes and does chores he uh he's kind of growing up he comes in the tractor does chores does this and that um dogs are big help he plays with the dogs while i'm doing barn chores or whatever we let him in the middle of the barn with a couple calves and he runs around with that like i think all uh ranch kids kind of become um self-sufficient in uh finding things to do um go in the arena we have a little pile of dirt and um toys in the sand for them and kind of keep them in a safe place so they can do that but keeping snacks on hand that's also (laughs) snacks yeah
0: you (laughs) can't go wrong with snacks
1: (laughs) yeah and then you gotta just be prepared for the day where the kids have just had enough of it all and you can just get the bare minimum done get your chores done and they just need you and them time so
0: yeah that's totally true too
1: yeah, It's not always about getting everything you can done or whatever. You got to uh, got to work with them. Or like we all had in the past couple of weeks, everybody got sick. So plans just changed.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Speaking for myself, um, it's hard to be flexible. When I've got something in my mind that I want to accomplish, it's like, no, but I had this planned. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I can't be sick now. I had this planned. People, <laughs> yeah, it's flexibility. I think, yeah. I think
1: farmers and farmers are professionals at being flexible because yeah. nothing, nothing ever really goes as planned. Like <laughs> even cooking supper some days, you think you have the plan and it doesn't work out.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: That is so true. Patience and adaptability seems to yeah. be the go-to. <laughs>
0: I, uh, I think a lot of ranch moms and ranchers in general are um, like just set up to be parents before they even have kids because when you've got livestock, patience, and yeah, exactly what you said, Shelby. It's just like ingrained in you because you can't you can't function without being adaptable and having a lot of patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah so um well that about wraps things up for me I don't have any more questions for you do you have anything Shelby or
2: Uh, no I think I've learned a lot about your breeding program and definitely would take some of those tips and tricks as far as looking at mares but I really love what you said about I find so many people get stuck on the stud aspect of things and uh, mares are so important too right like they're confirmation their bloodlines are so important for what you're looking for because there are people that I do have friends that love the crazy I shouldn't say crazy but a little high strung thoroughbreds (laughs) that they can get to do what they want they might be a little bronky sometimes but they love that and I don't know why because I love the, (laughs) (laughs) the ranch horse that's got a good mind that I can jump on from day one and feel confident on but I absolutely love the tips that you gave there that was very useful and yeah I I think a lot of people find that very useful
1: (laughs) agreed Um, yeah and one thing I do find is okay so I've talked to so many of my friends as soon as they have their first baby things change in your mind you don't maybe want to jump on such a bronky horse or crazy horse I and I mean I've had a lot of really good riding friends and completely lost their confidence in their riding skills because they had a baby their bodies changed um it's it's just natural right and I mean um I was riding while I was pregnant. I see some people ride horses right up to almost having the baby but um my my ranch horse uh Ritz there, he's 15, three hands, and he doesn't like waiting around type thing for you to get on, you get on and go, and I took maybe one extra bounce, I must be six months pregnant, and he kind of jumped back and I fell to the ground after that day I was like, you know, I think maybe I should just quit, quit riding while I'm pregnant, I think that was my warning because, you know, you might jump at the wrong thing and lose your bounce or hit, hit your belly into the saddle horn and stuff and that's not ideal either because uh of, yeah but uh, yeah. some people some people like getting on and they're at a barrel race the next week after they have the baby um I don't know that's that's personal choice um me, you're not giving your body enough rest um because you gotta keep yourself healthy too But like
2: I say, that's personal choice. Yeah. yeah. And it's so hard to, right? Like it's so hard to go living oneself, especially your first kid, right? Like you're so used to living your life a certain way and it completely changes from day one. So it's hard to not want to go back to what you're used to, right? Or, you know, give yourself that time and for yourself. Because maybe that was your only time for yourself Mm -hmm. before.
0: Yeah. You have to balance that want to do it again with the like, okay, respect your body, heal, and all that stuff too, and take the time and, you know, not to rush. But (laughs) yeah. 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 Man, we should almost have that as a a topic on another podcast. I think we could talk for another hour about that subject. (laughs) (laughs) so many people ask about that yeah yeah well thank you so much for joining us here Pam Uh, we really appreciate your time this morning and your knowledge and all the experience you have breeding horses it's incredible to hear from somebody that's just you know done stuff like you've gone you've gone to the states and you've you've bred so many horses and you have yeah so much experience so we really appreciate that thank you well thanks for asking me
2: yeah it's been great and I love that your whole family was on board with the same horse
0: that is awesome yeah, I love that me and Brad can't even decide on the same horses so I don't know how you pulled that off
2: <laughs> that's a weight on its own that's awesome Yeah. But yes thank you so much Pam we appreciate everything that you've talked about and taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be here with us
0: Well, again, I appreciate you guys asked me. (laughs) But just quick, where can we um, find you online? Um, I have my parents' website, uh,
1: www.riverhillsranchltd.com. Or on Facebook, we have a group, McIntyre Prospects Started and Broke Horses. Um, I keep that probably most up to date. And smoking and Rockin' has his own page. And then our other mayor, Pro Rodeoing, uh, Dundrifton, she has her own page. Or you can just look Excellent. me up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds good. Thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for listening in here this morning. And uh, we'll see you at the next yeah. jackpot. <laughs>
2: that sounds good. Yeah, we will. Whether it's for open or barrel racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>